are grossly underestimating the age of people on social media. Mm -hmm. And if I was talking to 10 and 11 year olds, then uh, there's not a lot of conversation about safe internet, safe spaces for those young kids, nor is there a lot of content geared towards them on these platforms. So welcome to Outliers. Uh, this is a podcast with Outliers, like I keep saying. And, uh, you know, we are getting very close to the 50th uh, episode of Outliers. And I should kind of, I, I think I should start uh, saying that, uh, you know, you become an outlier <laughs> if you are on this show. But, you know, sorry to be, you know, bragging about this. Um, I'm really excited uh, to be recording this episode of Outliers with... Uh, someone I consider outlier for many reasons. Um, the first time I heard about Avni Parekh was around the time we were actually uh, very early in our Factor Daily days, around one and a half years ago uh, almost. Um, and uh, one of my colleagues pointed me to a very interesting Snapchat uh, you know, counseling uh, being run uh, in India by Avni and uh, her colleagues called Love Doctor. That caught my attention. Uh, and I was very curious to learn, uh, you know, Snapchat was an alien platform. It still is for many of us. So it really caught my attention. And I always have been curious about what really happened and you know, what Avni would have learned from Love Doctor uh, or running Love Doctor uh, as a Snap uh, service. And interestingly, you know, a few days ago, I, I, I contacted her again and I realized, uh, you know, there are some lessons to be learned from uh, what she did, <laughs> not just from love, love Doctor, but overall, this whole intersection of technology uh, and the way it enables uh, people to open up, uh, or sometimes it, it kind of uh, discourages people from opening up. It's quite an irony. So welcome to the podcast, Arne. Thank you, Pankaj. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and proud to be an outlier. That's a, that's a flag I'll wave really proudly. <laughs> Great. I, I mean, you are an outlier because you were such an early user of Snapchat <laughs> in India. <laughs> so, you know, uh, let us start uh, from around the time uh, you thought of Snapchat as a platform and maybe use that experience to answer some deeper and broader questions about this whole intersection we are talking about. So tell sure. me a little bit about Love Doctor itself and how and why you got on Snapchat and, and then we can have a conversation. Sure. So Pankaj, Love Doctor was a digital counseling intervention aimed at uh, young people between the ages of 16 to you know, 26, 27. And it was focused on providing uh, support for uh, questions around sexual health and relationships to super taboo topics within the context of, the, of South Asia. Um, and it stemmed from some of my experience in a former life as a counselor um, and a director at a domestic violence agency serving South Asian women in the U.S., and then sort of grew out of um, an experience that I had that was really visceral for me, where I was in India on a fellowship in 2012 and uh, living in Delhi, um, which could be considered, you know, sort of like pers uh, 
perception wise like one of the rapiest cities in the world <laughs> yeah. um if you were to believe the media hmm. and um uh i was i was on this fellowship and um you know you become a part of sort of like the the water cooler talk at your organization and i realized that every time i was opening the times of india um, I was seeing another rape case. I was seeing something else. And then, you know, you look at sort of Mahinder Watsa's answers in the Mumbai Mirror um, for the questions that he gets on on sex, and you realize that there's something really missing. And that hit home uh, in December of 2012 when the Delhi rape case happened. And I think it really um, uh, affected me at my core because one of the big questions that I was having that year is how can we be talking about, um, you know, sort of rape when we're not openly talking about what is healthy sex mm -hmm. and what is healthy sexuality and what is healthy relationships? I was seeing a lot of really crazy relationship patterns. And, you know, your eyes are open when you're a counselor. You start to see things. Yeah. Um, you look deeper into things all around you. So I was seeing couples and I was seeing a lot of the patterns. I was seeing even like small forms of violence between them in the public space. My question was always what's happening in private space, right? If I'm seeing controlling dictatorial behavior between couples just out when I'm out in Delhi, what's happening behind closed doors. And I think the, the Delhi rape case really, um, really sort of hit this home that there, there has to be a way for people to get this information and have these conversations, even if it's just one on one and confidential, uh, because India may not be ready for this. So it was sort of born out of, but born out of that idea on sort of percolated in my mind all of 2012 mm -hmm. um and you know as a, as a woman uh, uh experiencing india on my own i had my own set of experiences with harassment and you know all this all this other kinds of stuff mm -hmm. um so you also bring a bit of personal experience into this and then with my counseling background i realized that maybe we could do something and provide an outlet mm -hmm. um via chat so in december itself i uh went to a startup weekend that was happening in delhi and um uh pitched the idea and throughout the course of the weekend worked on it with a team that followed my lead and wanted to be a part of building this and we built a small uh prototype that was a chat prototype and we we did a little bit of business planning around you know what's the scope how do we scale where do we get funding and all of that and the rest is history i uh we ended up winning first place in that startup weekend wow. three like super old sardarji judges who <laughs> i thought were gonna take a look at me you know this girl with an american accent on stage talking about sex and say get off the stage <laughs> you know um but uh that sort of gave me the push to really think about this seriously and think that i i want to do it right it was a, that small bit of validation that every entrepreneur needs so i um left india went back to um my home state of north carolina in the u.s worked for almost a year just tried to get myself together sold all my things like did all the stuff that you would do when you know you're going to start something and might have to bootstrap for a while and uh came back to india in uh in march of uh 2014 and Love Doctor started originally on another super popular uh, media channel in India, WhatsApp. So I used a Twitter account where I used hashtags like love, relationship, sex, and just um, advertised that we have counselors available to talk on WhatsApp mm -hmm. um, for free. And that's how we got our first users. Um, so within a day of starting to tweet on my really simple, cheap Android phone, you know, new SIM, all of that stuff, really basic infrastructure, I had questions. 
and then I was fielding them. And slowly that grew um, into uh, a SMS platform. Um, It was was a platform that Intel had put together called TextWeb that Mm -hmm. is no longer in existence, but somebody saw uh, uh, something about Love Doctor. I had gotten a little bit of early press, Mm -hmm. and actually Shiro's ironically being one of the first channels to write about me, who I now uh, work with. Um, And uh, they built and coded a a SMS platform for Love Doctor. So then we were getting questions from all over India, you know, from tier three cities, from the hinterlands of Assam, from Bihar. and those days are really heady because I, I added my first uh, remote counselors then. Wow. And uh, so that was really exciting. I mean, because it's like, oh, it's, it's not just me, right? I could pull out and maybe think about strategy. And I had people covering the platform along with me. Um, uh, and um, I remember at that time, if we're if I'm allowed to tell the story, on this SMS platform, the text web uh, platform, we had a 16-year-old uh, rape survivor who had reached out to us and said, you know, I only have access to this dumb phone. I don't even have a smartphone. I don't have anyone to talk to, but I, I saw you on text web, and I don't know what to do. And so for days upon days, we knew when she was going to be online, and we were able to provide her counseling and an anchor um, to, to support her. I still I don't know what happened to her, but I know that we spoke to her for at least six weeks. Uh, in total, um, almost every single day. So, you know, it's sort of like an early, like, uh, pat on the back that, wow, there's a real, there's real use cases here where our counseling could be, um, uh, a matter of life or death, you know? Um, and that was great. And then eventually we, uh, on Valentine's day of 2015, we launched a chat platform. Um, so very simple, mobile friendly chat platform. It was actually built off of one of those customer service chats that's plug and play. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that, we added templates, um, because we would get certain questions over and over again. Um, I can definitely talk about what those questions were a little bit later and, um, added on to the roster to provide almost 24 seven coverage. I mean, basically there were, there were about five or six hours of the night where we weren't covering, but by that time we had international uh, visitors. So I was able to leverage counselors that were in the UK and in Canada to get the coverage. Like when we were sleeping, you know, they could be up because it was their morning um, or their midday. And then um, snap counselors, the Snapchat intervention was born um in uh late 2016 we launched uh yeah late uh, i think 2016 early 2016 mm-hmm. and it ran for that whole year and how that happened was um you know because of sort of people learning about love doctor and some mm-hmm. coalition building that i was doing there was a great partner organization called chen mm-hmm. um and they're really amazing too because chen does uh, online guides for anyone that's dealing with abuse or harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they include things like um, a good friend guide and they're super tech friendly. You know, they're, they're, they've got a presence on GitHub. They use Git books. Um, there's downloadable guides. They're all over um, Facebook and Twitter and they're only coalescing um, online. 
right? Mm -hmm. There's no physical infrastructure, very little physical infrastructure. And the beauty of that organization, it's all volunteer run. So I had become friendly with the founder and we stayed in touch and we tried to do some things together. And they were approached by a senior advertising executive based out of Bombay Mm -hmm. who had an idea for doing an intervention on Snapchat. And so it was his idea... um, uh, it was uh, Raj's idea. I can't name his company or anything because it's sort of sensitive. <laughs> mm. But, you know, he's sitting in an ad agency seeing the potential of Snapchat. They're having those conversations in the context of leveraging social media for brands, right? So he's right on top of the trend. And so he approached uh, Chen, and Chen approached me as an implementation partner. So Chen was a knowledge partner. Um, Raj was handling all of the positioning, the PR, building a website, doing um, amazing PSA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's getting all of this done for free because he's in the media world. Yep. And um, and we put it together. And uh, I ran the Snapchat stories um, and did the counseling. And, you know, as soon as we launched, because there were the three of us and the three of our collective um you know, uh, universes and supporters, we were able to get a lot of press. I mean, I mean a lot, a lot. (laughs) And there were days when we, um, there were days when we had, you know, like 15,000 people viewing our stories and um, 600 people reaching out um, for counseling, even just out of curiosity. Right. Mm. Um, So it was, it was a very intensive effort. Um, One thing that, I think there's some lessons from this. We can maybe save yeah. that because and distill that into one thing. But that's sort of how we grew into Snapchat. And then we, we made it available if other organizations wanted to uh, replicate. Mm-hmm. So we had a couple of organizations based out of the U.S. that wanted to replicate and join. One of them was a youth uh, domestic violence and harassment organization out of New York called Day One. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was uh, some other ones that approached us and who uh, we were trying to talk to. So day one actually came onto the counseling roster and their interns, their social uh, work in psychology interns took over the counseling bit Mm -hmm. um, for a little while. And I pulled out um, and focused on other things. Hmm. So, I mean, that's how it was born. I still think that it has incredible potential. It's sort of dormant right now. Um, But I feel that it has incredible potential. Um, uh, part of this uh, whole uh, learning for me and I think my partners was that you should be where people are. Mm-hmm. So, so just, and, hold, uh, mm-hmm. just hold on the learning a bit for a, for sure. a while, Avni. Uh, I just, I'm quite curious <clears throat> to also know because a lot of people wouldn't know how it worked. So, right. uh, so, so, so can, you, can you take us through how it really worked? Yeah, so so the so the Snapchat initiative, Snap Counselors works in a very interesting way. Every day we put up a story, right? Snapchat allows you to to post stories. So our Snapchat story was always on some aspect of teen dating violence. And we were focusing on teen dating violence because in India people speak about violence as if it only occurs in marital relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And and I know, and some other people know that, you know, it starts from when you're dating, it starts from when you first have a crush, that those patterns set in, and you're dealing with a lifetime 
of violence within the context of your relationships. So every day uh, we would set a Snapchat story on some aspect of violence or even um, looping in um, lots of digital media from other teen-based organizations that focused on these issues, right? It could be as simple as... um, pointing and shooting and and recording a YouTube video on my laptop mm-hmm. um, that dealt with some aspect. So we took a lot of content and repurposed a lot of content from great uh, organizations doing the work. Chen also created a, uh, a harassment, stalking, and violence guide for college students that was, um, that was newly created. So they created graphics, they created stills with um, text on them for various aspects of violence that people would be dealing with. They created um, guides for people who had friends that were undergoing this that was all encompassed in the, in the teen uh, violence guide. And we used a lot of that content. And, you know, sometimes it would be recycled and repurposed mm-hmm. um but every day there was something new so people interacted with the stories and then eventually um uh, you know what people can do on snapchat is they can respond to the story at a particular time so um you know people are really interacting with the content there and then the counseling aspect what we refer to as micro counseling because it's never going to replace a longer term you know intervention that you would need to really really heal from these things right mm-hmm. but it's just sort of like the first avenue of getting support and taking away the fear of reaching out for help so then they would just write to the to the snap id which was um the love doctor uh, that was our snap id we were using love doctor and um and they would just write and say you know this is what i'm dealing with and the amazing features of snapchat let us do so much so you know instagram didn't have stories at that time snapchat was the only platform that allowed those that had those features so we have the story feature then uh, in the middle of of us doing uh um the initiative snap counselors snapchat introduced like these really cool like speech bubbles Mm -hmm. so you could send snippets of video um to uh whoever you were chatting with which was amazing and they also introduced calling so uh you know if i really needed to drive a point home and i saw that somebody was in crisis as a counselor i could send a snippet of my face making a point and say listen you don't have to you know, be in a, in a violent relationship. It's, you know, this is, this is not something that you deserve. Um, and it's really up to you. I know it's hard, right? Something like that is so um, important to convey the empathy and the emotion behind it. That so it gets lost when you're doing text-based counseling. Yes. Um, and so to be able to send that, you know, that 10 second video clip was transformative. Um, once they introduced th- those new features and the new stickers and like even lots of LGBT friendly stickers they introduced, I was using that in my counseling every day um, because people really identified with it and it made the counseling dynamic and it allowed us to punctuate certain points that we were trying to drive home. So some of these users were sticky, you know, they, we t- over the course of weeks and months, um, they kept coming back. A lot of people wanted to contribute content, so they created messages of hope, and then we put those in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically how it ran. You know, every day we would put up a story, we would um, respond to the the chats and the queries that we had, because you would get a notification, 
and we tried to do it in as real time as possible. And in some cases, we would then refer people out who needed further help. So wherever the people were coming from, and they were coming from all over the world at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Even Latin America, because we had a few Spanish language media outlets talking about us. So we would connect them to ground level organizations that were in the areas where they were for further counseling. And just, you know, we would tell them that we're available whenever they wanted to talk. So they kept coming back. And uh, the beauty of this is that I had kids as young as, um, as, as 11 who were in dating relationships. We had a lot of bullying um, queries. Wow. So not even specifically related to romantic relationships, yeah. but also related to parental abuse in the household, also related to um, harassment at school, to bullying at school, and really, really young kids from all over the world. Um, a few uh, teens reached out to us and said that they were gay and they wanted to know, you know, how did they, they could deal with it and where they could get support. They, were, they didn't have a lot of support around them. They were from really small towns hmm. and they didn't know the organizations available so the potential uh for this was like huge hmm. um it was really really big <laughs> um and and also really fun um you know as somebody who was on it every single day for many many hours a day yeah. the snapchat features were just just made my life a lot easier and it made it much more fun to engage with people yeah so uh, what was around the time uh, when you know the 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 dormancy that you are referring to, <clears throat> you know, when when did it actually, when did you feel that, you know, it kind of tapering off, if at all? Uh... Yeah, it started tapering off around uh, last summer. So up until the summer of uh, 2017, we had uh, people who were active on the on the Snap ID, um, counseling at least once or twice a week, checking messages and putting up stories whenever they could. So it started tapering off then. I, you know, honestly, I feel that um, probably a need to refresh the initiative with maybe some different. Um, you know, a different uh, reason mm -hmm. could be there. Um, so teen, you know, dating violence was one of them. Bullying could be another. LGBT uh, counseling and support is another. Um, uh, you know, support on even career or anything like that, right, mm -hmm. could be there. So all interventions that deal with mental health and, and people from that age group feeling supported could, could, have, could have worked and, and still could work, I feel. So, at its peak, Avani, uh, how big this thing became? Uh, well, to me, <laughs> who was running Love Doctor at the time, it was huge. I mean, I think we got 150 articles. We talked to UNDP um, Asia. We got on the news in the U.S. Um, it, it, you know, Mashable covered us. TechCrunch covered us. Um, we got a we got an honorable mention at Cannes Lion. Right, we we it was big from it was big from what I from what I understand. Um, it definitely could have gotten bigger, but it's probably the biggest thing that I've ever done. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, now let us get deeper into the learnings uh, aspect of this and and try and understand mm -hmm. uh, what in in hindsight and the advantage of hindsight is always yeah <laughs> there. Uh, let us now discuss the lessons that you learned and and. Uh, of course, then we can get to the future of this. Yeah, so lessons were pretty stark. Um, the first lesson that I think I saw, which I mentioned earlier, is be where people are. Mm 
right? So this is like a this is like one of those startup 101 lessons, <laughs> um, especially for social entrepreneurs. I mean, it's you have a captive audience somewhere. Why are you building an intervention or asking people to go somewhere else? First, go to where people are. Millions of teens are on Snapchat, build something on Snapchat. Millions of people are on Instagram, be on Instagram, right? And these are two platforms that at least in India are getting more and more traction. People are leaving Facebook and droves, right? So you have to go to where the cool platforms are. You have to go to where people feel that they can have the freedom to express themselves. So that was a big thing. I think if we would have started, uh, you know, something something else that was like a third party site or something, it would not have done as well, right? Because we just had a captive audience. They just had to know that they could find us, um, which which the media uh, made really easy because once they started talking about us, people were super curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, there's always, in creating safe spaces, there's always a space before the space. Mm-hmm. So most of us who do base building or community building, we want to invite someone to some bigger uh, event, space, initiative, right? Mm-hmm. For people who are who are marginalized and, and victimized or feeling uh, lonely or upset or going through something really hard, they're not ready to get into that big space, right? Asking somebody to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist's office or a counselor's office is a big deal. You're taking them out of their comfort zone. So uh, creating safe spaces that are accessible um, where they feel like they have good experiences will lead them to do more, mm-hmm. will lead them to seek other help, will lead them to want to 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 get better for themselves so uh we got a lot of pushback because people were like well you know how how serious counseling can you do and i totally agree with that i think that uh like i said these types of initiatives should be considered micro counseling initiatives in which we are just creating that space before the space for somebody to feel comfortable even approaching somebody else, mm-hmm. right? There's a big taboo about telling people your business. Yep. So, um, and I think this lesson applies to a lot of things, right? Anytime you're building something or trying to base build, you should go to where people are first, talk to them, get them warmed up, and then invite them into some some bigger thing so that was that was a big takeaway the third is is that is that we are grossly underestimating the age of people on social media Mm -hmm. and if i was talking to 10 and 11 year olds then uh there's not a lot of conversation about safe internet safe spaces for those young kids nor is there a lot of content geared towards them on these platforms right like now if i look at instagram if i sort of go person by person my connections who my connections are following there's a lot of kids in school Hmm. you know on instagram in india and beyond they were already on it in like in other places um and snapchat's the same thing um even even a platform like musically that's um you know getting adopted uh so much worldwide and now is coming to india and going viral in india why not be where those people are? And the kids on there are young, right? Mm-hmm. They're super young. And so we need to create for those kids. We need to involve them in the process of creating content for them. For them. So we need to talk to them more. We can't poo-poo them. Yeah. These are people that also now have purchasing power, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're being ignored. They're being grossly ignored. And none of the interventions uh, that I saw were tailored towards kids that young. 
they yeah. were tailored towards teenagers, like 16, 17, yep. 15, but not towards 10 and 11 year olds. And 10, 11 year olds were the ones that were like, I don't know what to do. I can't go to anyone. My teachers are going to tell my parents, what do you do if your parents are the ones that are abusing you? Yep. Right. Where do you go? So I had a few cases like that. And so that was a big takeaway. Um, and I think lastly, um, it's really important to, uh, to encourage the outside world to really uh, listen in on what we do, mm-hmm. right? So once again, uh, community builders, base builders, which I consider myself to be, mm-hmm. which is maybe why I'm an outlier, uh, outlier because I don't know a lot of brown people that do this work, right? <laughs> um, they do, but they're involved with Seva, right? It's, it's um, you know, it's Eleven. Um, so this is the new wave, I think, of, this is the new wave of social enterprise. It's a new wave of creating impact in the world. And um, one thing that we miss out on is storytelling back, right? So a lot of us are so busy uh, talking to our constituents and our stakeholders that we forget that there's a wider world out there who needs to listen to our stories. And carving out time for that, especially like this, uh, Bunkers, this is the first time Mm -hmm. I'm recording my lessons. I talk about them and people ask me about them, but it's, and I've been having this in my mind, must write book, must write, you know, all this stuff is there, but, um, it's the first time that I'm actually able to, uh, articulate with the the benefit of hindsight, as you said. So these are some of my major takeaways. Um, Mm. I think the biggest out of them is like, we're ignoring a whole subset Mm. of, of young people that have, everything to do with our success if we are to create interventions like this they're the ones that are that are that are adopting they're the early adopters now right early adopters now are 13 they're not they're not 30 like like they used to be so it's something to consider um and and more so than that there's enormous gratitude when you do do all these things for people Hmm. they appreciate you and and it's cheap it doesn't cost any, you know, what we did cost very little cost in time, of course, Yeah. but it didn't cost a lot of money. We never had to raise funds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you make some very important points, Avani, and, and I think my t- key takeaway is what, you know, when you're talking about these 10, 11 year olds, uh, mm. you are so damn right. Uh, they, that lot is completely ignored and that lot is the most vulnerable from what you are yep. telling me and what we observe yes. in our own uh, you know networks and circles friends and families now you know let, let us again <laughs> take a deep breath and uh, this this isn't is this like the death of an idea that had the potential uh, the love doctor itself um, What's the future? Uh, I can sense you getting a little <laughs> restless and you talk of potential, still relevant, <clears throat> if you ask me clearly so. But what lies ahead, Avani? I mean, uh, what stops you from reinvigorating <laughs> this in New Avatar? This is the question of the day. So actually, I just had this realization um, recently. 
that out of all the things that I've done, this has the most potential to scale and really make a global impact. You know, the beauty is is that um, Love Doctor lives in um, in the communities that she rose, right? So she rose our communities for women um, who want to improve their lives in some way. And the reason why I joined forces with them because I saw incredible promise in creating this safe space solely for women. Love Doctor was really interesting because it was like me talking to a lot of men. <laughs> we talked to a lot of young men, but there weren't a lot of women talking to us because women need social proof Mm. and all of a sudden I'm hearing the other side but literally just the other day I was thinking to myself you know maybe this is the thing that I can do uh, reviving this um, and making it uh, into a full uh, blown process seeking funding for Mm -hmm. it to to make it work and and expanding it to other platforms expanding it to uh, Instagram, expanding, uh, once again, going back to Snapchat, maybe even doing uh, channels on Musical.ly or a YouTube channel, right? Yep. It just, I, I think it just takes a pervasiveness. So it's actually, you know, if, if you know this, and I know you know this, it's, it's that point in time when as an entrepreneur, you start tumbling something over in your tummy, yep. right? Yep. You're waking up with the thought and you're asking yourself, how, <laughs> how am I going to do this? What is it going to look like? Yep. So I literally just had that the other day. And, um, you know, frankly speaking, when you have your own initiative and you're a single founder, you go back into a, a corporate space. Shiro's is also a startup. I've learned a lot here. I feel like maybe now with the knowledge that I have, um, this this could work. Even if it's not in the same form that we did it in, it's something that deserves to be looked at as something with potential that could be revived or, or tweaked a little bit. So I am in that space of discomfort, but elation. Um, it's a, it's a weird space to be in, but, uh, I'm going to figure out <laughs> what I want to do relatively soon. So you'll be the first to know, <laughs> you know if I, anything comes of this. I, I, I got you just in time. <laughs> <laughs> you got me literally just in time. I mean, who knows? The next conversation might be, wow, you know, you've yes. taken this to three countries and it's in five different languages. How do you feel? Yes. Which was always an intention. And my partners, I think, really wanted that as well. Yes. But uh, it's easy also, you know, one thing to recognize is these things are, um, are uh, forget labor intensive. Labor is easy. Work is easy, right? Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. stay up at 3 a.m. Um, burning the midnight oil for the initiatives that we create. When it involves the heart and when it involves your emotions, when you're listening to people's stories who are heavy, it burns you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, as a person who's been a part of several organizations that required me to listen to these types of stories and hold space for people. Mm-hmm. I realized that I need to take time off to recharge. So I, I put this in perspective as like an incubation period, right? There is, there is some interesting primordial soup happening. Lessons are distilling. The benefit of hindsight is there. And, um, and now whatever grows out of this will be a hundred times better because I have the space to reflect. Whereas I think if, if we were going, 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 um, this would have died and never come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you, you know, what I really like about this conversation, uh, Abni is not just you are candid, but, uh, I think I like the way you are thinking about the future, uh, the way you, you describe this as an incubation period. I think you are being candid to yourself. I mean, forget I'm this conversation. Very, I'm telling yeah. myself the truth right now, which is really hard. Yeah. But it's, you know, the, the beauty of saying something out loud is that you know it's true. 
Yeah. Right. And like when the voice is strong and you're expressing something, you know that there's something to it. And I have been playing with this and I know that there's something more, more, I need to do something deeper in this world. And I think some of us are just led by this belief that we're here to make the world a better place. And I've, I was born with that ever since I was a little kid, I felt like I wanted to make the world a better place and there's something for me to do here. And now more than ever, I feel like I, I can do it. I think in part of that is no, is trusting yourself, right? And being honest about where you lack and being honest about where you're strong. Um, and I think that comes from being in your 30s. Now I'm almost close to my 40s. My 39th birthday is next week. But um, it's, a, it's a truth-telling moment to ourselves where we can be honest and say, okay, I did this wrong. I gave up too quickly. Or I was it was good for me to rest and now I'm revived again to try it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, uh... Happy birthday in advance, Avani, for next Thank week. You. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, more power to you because uh, I really believe uh, the timing of an idea like this is, you know, you don't think of timing when you think of ideas like this. So that's right. number one. And, and secondly, I think uh, this clearly has the potential. I agree with you. So more power to you. Uh, and happy uh, to be of uh, any help. Uh, we will definitely connect offline. And if uh, there's anyone listening in to this and uh, has any interest or ideas, please shoot an email. Pankajitfactordaily.com. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I connect you with Avni. Uh, Avni, Lovely. more power to you. And I sense something very interesting brewing. So all the best. <laughs> I have the feeling in my stomach now. It's that tingly feeling. So something's up. <laughs> I'll let you know what happens. Stay there. Thanks, Stay thanks there. for having me. Live in it. Take care. Good Live talking to you. Live in this feeling. Exactly. Bye, Abhinav. Exactly. Bye. Thank you, Pankaj. Bye.